Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We're excited to talk about a Browns game for maybe the first time in history. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think some of the Browns games have been exciting in the past, but this definitely feels like the best matchup maybe ever for Ravens-Browns. The Browns are coming off a huge win against the Tennessee Titans, where in the first half they totally dominated that team. And we saw Baker Mayfield probably have his best performance since 2018, his rookie season. What were you guys thinking? What's this game going to look like? It's going to be interesting. It's a shame that this is happening during COVID because, I mean, I know it's Ohio, so there'll be some fans in the stands. But I think that the, the, from what I've done, since we didn't have a guest this week, I've done some listening to some local Browns podcasts, some beat writers and some like us who are just doing it, you know, as a hobby and others articles, man, the Browns fan base is fired up. If they were able to be in the stadium, we would see an, uh, an environment fan environment in Cleveland that we've never seen before, in my opinion, for this game. Cleveland's been a hard team to, to read all year. I don't know if they're as good as their record and we'll get into my thoughts on that. But on the surface, like this game is shaping up to have the potential to be as exciting as the 2018 season finale was. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's going to be an interesting game. I imagine we'll, we'll probably go more into matchups later, but I, I think this game is going to be a big test for the Ravens. I do think that Cleveland's uh, strengths at the moment are, are definitely like on the O-line and on the running backs. And, you know, we talked about in the last episode uh, with the Cowboys recap where, you know, the D-line didn't perform as well as we had hoped in some aspects, particularly in the pass rush. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, we're really going to have to see a step up. I think that the Ravens can stop the run, you know, as well as they can with, you know, a two-headed monster that they have with, with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they can limit them, but I do think that, you know, we're going to need to see a lot more and, and they're going to have to be on their A game, not just on the defense, but on both sides of the ball um, in order to take the Browns down. For the Ravens too, like, you know, they have not done very well this year against the really good teams. They've lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Steelers twice, even though Barry could have easily won both those games. Uh, but they also lost to the Titans. The last time they played the Browns, they were both 0-0. So uh, it's going to be a good test for them, for sure. Yeah, I think when we're talking about how these two teams match up and what are the keys to victory to for the Ravens to win this game, it's going to start with the defense stopping Chubb and stopping Hunt. Hunt really hasn't had that great a year, but Nick Chubb, when he's been healthy, six yards per carry. Uh, the guy's seemingly getting 100 yards every game. Actually, yeah, look, he's played eight games, has 799 yards. That's as close as you can average to 100 yards per game on the nose without actually averaging it for exacts. So we all know, yeah, in t- first meeting in 2019, Chubb ran all over the Ravens, but the Ravens were able to bottle him up. Uh, in the second game last year in week one of this season. But I think something that, you know, a really interesting point that I will give the reporters that I was listening to about the Browns was that we really have to throw that week one game out the window, I think, as far as what our expectations are going to be this game, because that game was the first time that the new coaching staff of the Browns was seeing their team in a real game environment. So the Ravens had an easy game there, but it was really it was a really difficult task asking that coaching staff to do much of anything when they didn't even have a preseason to get a, a grip on what the starters was, were going to look like out on the field. Yeah, it's a different team. 
And remember, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the year with an injury. He was uh, available last time we played them. That kind of changes the offense. And we've also seen, I think, this offensive line of theirs gel a lot more as the season progressed and really start opening up holes for what we already knew to be the most dynamic duo of running backs in the league. I honestly think, guys, they might be a better version of the Titans, and that scares me. Um, I, I don't know, kind of. In, like, in some ways, maybe I kind of see what you're getting. Um, maybe not in other ways. Baker's playing well. I, I don't think he's quite the player as Tannehill, and I don't think that they necessarily have the same, the Browns have the, the same weapons, you know, as the Titans do on the outside. A.J. Brown and, and Corey Davis, I think, are a pretty good duo, uh, with Johnny Smith in there as well. I think very good. I don't know, maybe with OBJ, but even then, like he's kind of not been the same player as he was with the Giants. Jarvis Landry is a good player. Um, definitely has caused some issues for the Ravens before. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Browns tight ends are, are good as well. I mean, Harrison Bryant and then uh, uh, Njoku has been having a pretty good bounce back season, I think, now that uh, he's on a team that is you know finally consistently winning. And I, I think the culture kind of shift has been good for him and uh, his production. He seems to enjoy playing again. Yeah, I I don't know. Definitely, they're they're the running backs with the with the two headed monster with with Chubb and and Hunt are definitely formidable up there with Henry. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe their defenses are a little bit more similar. But I can see it. The bottom line, though, I agree with you, Alec. This Browns team scares me. They're not a cakewalk. This is not you know the the week one of the season. I'm already with you, Peter, in that like week one, you can pretty much throw away like any year because the Ravens always seem to either like just blow out their opponents, right? I mean, it was this year with the Browns, the year before it was with Miami, the year before that was with the Bills. Like, I remember back in 2011, heck, like against the Steelers, like they won 35 to 7, and like, you know, they had a lot more closer games with the Steelers later in the season. So, uh, week one, pretty much any year you can kind of throw out. But yeah, there's definitely a lot at stake this season. Browns are nine and three. They still could. <laughs> this is really 2020. They could win the AFC North, depending on what happens with Pittsburgh. Now that they've been a little exposed against that game with the Washington football team, and uh, you know the Ravens are sitting behind two games from the Browns, and uh, they got to pretty much one out to keep their playoff hopes alive. So, a lot on the line for sure. I don't think I'm feeling spicy enough to say hot take. The Browns are a better team than the Steelers. But I think it is more of a conversation than anyone would be willing to imagine. I'm not going to say that they are. I still think the Ravens are the best team <laughs> in the division. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. just have gotten unlucky and and had some uh rough patches. But yeah, this is a definitely gosh, it is a super scary game. I think part of me is like I just don't see Baker holding up. And maybe that's just bias because we've seen how he can look amazing one game and not the next but maybe that's just the optimistic fan in me what do you guys think is he going to hold up do you think that our defense is going to have what it takes to slow him down and confuse him and expose him well first i'm going to throw my opinion on the ring here in this uh debate on how good the browns are i think the titans are clearly better than the browns i understand that the browns did just have a put a wallop on the Titans and made embarrassed the Titans more than any team has uh, this season. But I think that was, it was a miscalculation by the Titans on what they thought the Browns were going to do. And just, they just completely whiffed on the game plan, in my opinion there. 
what I more look at the Browns, and this is just my opinion, I look at them more kind of like I looked at this game going in with the Colts. Is there kind of an enigma? And like, I just don't really know what they are. Again, I've brought up this stat before, and I know it's not indicative of everything. But yes, the Browns are 9-3, and three, but you also have to look at their point differential. They're minus 15. They're nine and three team. That's a minus fifteen point differential. That kind of screams out to me as there's going to be some regression to the mean for this team, and they've overperformed a bit. I did a little bit of look in the past decade. No NFL team has finished better than ten and six over the past decade with a negative point differential. Which there's still four games in the season. Could could Cleveland clear that? Absolutely. But yeah, I think. I, I, that's a scary part for me with Cleveland. It's not necessarily their players, not necessarily their scheme. It's just they're a young team with a new coaching staff who's had a little bit more success than they did in the first half of the season. So it's just, it's just we don't really know what we're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, by far, I mean, I think Kevin Stefanski has been one of the be- better coaches if not one of the best coaches that Cleveland has had in a long time and uh, you know I think that they could be a thorn in our you know in the division side for a while especially if they continue building the defense and kind of filling some of the holes there if Baker is the guy kind of building around him even more and continuing to you know invest on the the O-line and the D-line and both sides of the ball to keep that good I think that's one of the biggest you know surprises for me this year it's just that their O-line has been performing really really well and it's kind of playing to like some of their better strengths, right? They know that they have really good running backs, so their O-line can block. They can open holes for them. They can feed on them as much as possible. And then with that, they can limit Baker's opportunities and not put too much pressure on him, right? So he's playing very well, you know, because he's relying on a lot of play action and feeding off that running game a lot. So, you know, I think for the Ravens, look, it comes down to like, you know, how well the defense is going to play, you know, come to play against their O-line you know can they get pressure on Baker can they stuff the run personally for me like I feel like if the Ravens can do that and the Ravens could put more pressure on Baker that's going to feed into their hands right that's going to be the difference in this game kind of like Baker and with like Lamar too right is like I'm not sure if you can rely on them totally to throw the ball all the time with like a little bit of different circumstances at least Lamar has kind of his running ability to fall back on sometimes to be able to, you know, make plays when he's in a bind. Baker doesn't really have that. That's kind of like the big key for me that that I see, you know, could expose this team. But uh, you know, I mean, who knows? Like the the Browns also could be talented enough where, you know, they get it out to an early lead and we struggle having to catch up. Like that could very well be a possibility. Well, that's kind of why I said they are better Titans in a way. It's because, well, instead of having just one scary back, they have two. And they definitely are a team that once they get ahead will try and just run the ball, right? Dominate with the run game, kill the clock, and call it a game. And also I think that their defensive line is so scary that it kind of makes up for the rest of the defense. Obviously their other part of the defense really needs to uh, improve upon, and that's probably where they'll spend their draft picks going forward. But at least there's like a, a nucleus there to, to kind of create a situation where your offense can start to struggle. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy. Kareem Hunt doesn't scare me at all. I think the guy's massively overrated, and the Ravens really have kept him in check um, 
these past couple meetings where he's been active for the Browns. That said, yeah, Chubb is a guy that can give them some trouble. He's going to be the guy they're really going to have to stop, in my opinion. And I think if you stop the Browns running backs, you stop Baker because as good as he was against the Titans, uh, much of his success and his big plays were off of play action. And if the run game's not solidifying itself, then play action doesn't work. It's not going to be that simple, but I think that's where the starting block is going to have to be for this Ravens defensive game plan against the Browns. Yeah, the Ravens need to break out the deer antler spray and get uh, <laughs> Williams and Calais all up to 100. Uh, you know, give, give it to everybody, you know. <laughs> Washington, <laughs> Matabuke, <laughs> Wolf. <Yeah. laughs> we, need, uh, we need them to be at their absolute A game because, yeah, fine. Disrespect Hunt, that's fine. But Chubb is probably one of the best running backs in the league, maybe the best running back in the league right now. So there's plenty to be scared about. Yeah, for sure. And the other good thing, too, is that the Ravens are going to have back, at least they should have back, Matthew Judon. He was just activated from the COVID list today. So he should be able to play. He might not be able to taste mac and cheese and cantaloupe, but we will be able to taste some sacks. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's fine. You can leave that in there. Yeah. Where, where did the mac and cheese and cantaloupe come from? Yeah, so he apparently can't taste things because of COVID. And he was on his Instagram story being like, if you know me, I hate uh, these two foods, but I can't taste them, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mac and cheese and cantaloupe. Interest- interesting. Yeah, that's not Taco Bell. He's like, no, I can't eat Taco Bell because oh, then I'd man. never be able to eat it again. I didn't know anyone hated Mac and cheese. I thought that was kind of one of those like universal right? everyone loves. <laughs> Some people are really picky about it. I don't know if we're going to keep this in yeah. the take, but this will be a total uh, gem for Alec while he's yeah. uh, editing. But like Katie loves craft mac and cheese, like box mac and cheese. She will not eat any other type of mac and cheese. Got it. It's super oh, well, weird. Uh, that I get. Yeah, that I get because I'm the opposite. I hate I hate box mac and cheese, but like actual actual recipe baked mac and cheese is yeah. like I, I oh. haven't met a recipe I haven't liked. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, you know, I love a a, a craft mac and cheese here and there, but. A real artisanal mac and cheese is unstoppable. It's amazing. <laughs> that's that's fascinating. All right, I think well, we should keep this in. I think this yeah, is that hashtag quality in. content. No, this, this is this definitely staying in. Well, you know, now I know if we ever do one of these uh, cooking date things, uh, we're not going to make mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you guys think about mac and cheese? Leave a comment on this show and we'll send you a box of crab mac and cheese. <laughs> With Judon's picture on it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can uh, get him to sign a whole bunch of boxes and give them away. That'd be great. Uh, what What do you guys think about Velveeta? Leave it in the comments. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the actual like Browns. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's talk about the Browns. Oh wait, sorry, Velveeta, not Belvita. I thought you were talking about Belvita, the crappy breakfast crackers. No, Velveeta's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up on Velveeta, so I think it's, it's fine. All right, <laughs> good stuff, guys. So P- Ravens pass rush versus uh, Cleveland. Yeah, I mean it's going to be huge, and I think the return of Judon, I think, will be one of the hugest storylines because he does really bring an interesting aspect. Not just to the pass rush, but to the coverage and different stunts and schemes they can do, right? I mean, one of my favorite things that you'll see the Ravens do, uh, it's classic, 
scheme from them is they'll have a bunch of guys at the line. You don't know who's coming. And it won't be who you think. And they'll drop some guys into coverage. And Gino is one of the best people for either of those situations because he's a good coverage back and he's a good pass rusher. So I think he's like one of the missing pieces of the formula that really will take a lot of attention from the offense. I think it'll be a multiplier across the whole line. Oh, no, definitely. And, and especially, you know, after what we saw with the pass rush against Dallas, like Judon might end up ending being the MVP of this game. If the Ravens are able to get consistent pressure on, on Baker and, and get a couple sacks, force some turnovers, like it's more than likely going to be because Judon's back on the field and he's allowing the Ravens to get creative with their, their scheme um, as the best pass rusher that they have on this team right now. So Judon's ability to play and his overall health is going to be critical um, in this matchup with the Ravens' pass rush and this very strong Cleveland offensive line. I think if we're talking about the defensive side of the ball, we're also going to be looking at the Ravens' secondary versus uh, a pretty speedy Cleveland offense. I mean, Jarvis Landry, he's, he's obviously a possession receiver, but you know he's not as big a name as OBJ, but he's still a guy that can give the Ravens some fits. But uh, Shard Higgins finally had a breakout game against Tennessee. He looked pretty good. And I know that this name isn't going to, you know, uh, strike fear in the hearts of Ravens fans, but the Browns did pick up Marvin Hall. And from what I was able to ta- intake today, the Browns fan base is pretty excited about the possibilities of this guy being a, a, a deep threat for this team. So the Browns have some guys that can stretch the field, and that's going to be something that the, the secondary is going to have to be on their toes for. We didn't talk about it last episode, but one of the uh, kind of like low-key highlights that uh, happened before the game, we found out Anthony Averitt came back. So that was a big positive from our like, cornerback depth. We were kind of riding the uh, the f- waiver wire for, for a little bit, uh, relying on guys like Tremont Edmonds and, and Devontae Harris be able to you know hold down the fort with some guys out. The other thing I, I guess we need to keep track of as well, Jimmy Smith may be back. We're not sure. I feel like, Peter, you kind of cursed him a little bit because then the one game you were like, oh, I should really watch him. I want to see how he is. And then he got hurt and now he hasn't been back since. So thanks for that. I've been canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Peter may never recover. (laughs) Another wide receiver I'm worried about is Donovan Peoples-Jones. We started to see a couple games that he's put together and I I liked him coming out of college. Uh, He was one of the guys I kind of circled in my player profiles that I thought was interesting. And keen to see what he does with his opportunity. I hope he gets completely and utterly shut down. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, uh, was it Highsmith on the Steelers? Yeah, exactly. Uh, That guy, a jerk. That guy. But yeah, I think this offense is definitely something to pay attention to. If they're able, I think if the Ravens hold him under 20, we win. And I think that'd be a huge accomplishment. No. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up, uh, people's, the, the people's Jones, because I, I forgot him as well. Yeah. He had a huge, reception against Tennessee it's going to be a lot of a lot of guys to watch out for for that secondary let's talk about how we can pick apart their defense I think similar to their game plan of getting the run established so that they can go off a play action it'll be kind of critical for the Ravens to figure out a way to slow down that front four and I think the way that you do that is by making them really respect the play action and hopefully seeing guys like J.K. Dobbins improve in their pass pro. I did see some good blocks out of him last game. We forgot to mention that. So hopefully he's improving there and we're able to start picking people up. 
Another thing I think to pay attention to is the increased role of Patrick Ricard. I felt like last game we saw a lot more of him kind of playing the Boyle role. Did you guys notice that? I did notice that. And it makes sense, too. I mean, because... I mean, he's a fullback, he's a defensive lineman. Why can't he also be a tight end, you know? <laughs> What's another position to learn? <laughs> it's just, yeah, but I mean, when you got a guy who's, you know, has the mobility that he has at that size and knows how to, to run block pretty effectively at the NFL level, yeah, definitely take advantage of that. So I think that's an additional wrinkle and might give the Ravens an edge because, uh, you know, there's not that much tape of, Ricard in that role. So, yeah, that's definitely something the Ravens can throw out there. And it's going to be tough because Cleveland's rush defense is actually among the better ones in the league. And they just had a game where they embarrassed uh, King Henry. They, they tore his crown up and just threw it out in the garbage. So, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be tough because if you, we want play action to work, we have to be able to establish the run. So, it's going to be a, a tough matchup for the Ravens. For me, I think what I'm most excited about this game, uh, like Matthew Judon, Mark Andrews is also slated to return, from, from activated from the COVID list. And honestly, for me, I think he's kind of like the big X factor that will really help to contribute this game. If I'm like going back to last year, the second matchup against the Browns, I mean, he was one of the difference makers in that game. I think he ended up with two touchdowns. He can really hurt. Uh, the Browns secondary and the linebackers and take advantage, find soft spots in the zones and, and really make them pay. So I'm really looking for him this game to have a bounce back game like Lamar did this week. And I hope that they can kind of rekindle their connection. Yeah, you're 100% correct with, with Andrews. He has, uh, he did have two touchdowns in week one. He had a touchdown in, in both games against Cleveland last year. I'd have to check back if he had a touchdown against them in the, in the season finale in 2018 but the Cleveland Browns I think are the team that that Andrews has just had the most consistent success against yeah we can't forget last year when uh, the Ravens were struggling on offense and then Mark Andrews just is wide open I think two passes to him uh, from Lamar 70 yards and a touchdown and all of a sudden Ravens were in command of that game so uh, hopefully yeah Andrews is is healthy uh, he's over his bout of COVID because he's a matchup nightmare for the Browns defense that the Ravens are going to need to, to really feed. He was activated today. So I have high hopes that he'll be pretty back to normal. He'll get most of the practices, right? That he needs. And that'll be good. I think that was one of the big things too, like going into this game, it's going to be Lamar's first full week. And hopefully that really helps him elevate uh, some of his play. And I think, importantly, I'm curious if the offensive line will produce good windows for Lamar to pass the ball in. I think that might be causing some of his issues. He might have good protection, but not having the windows. So he's trying to do, you know, arm movements, arm gymnastics to get the ball out. That's resulting in less accuracy. Yeah, no, I agree. And then it also gives him more time to, to go downfield and, and hit. Marquise Brown, and, and maybe maybe we'll see a, a Devin Duvernay and Lamar connect on the deep ball. Quick aside, I did look it up. Uh, five touchdowns for Mark Andrews in his last three games against Cleveland. So, big hopes there for him. Seems like bold prediction fodder right there. <laughs> I mean, right. it doesn't sound too bold when, when, uh, when it's, it's that easy yeah, for him, maybe. 
that's fair. <laughs> He'll that's do fair. three touchdowns. Yeah, that, He'll yeah, that, double his touchdown count. The the hat trick might be might be a a, a bold prediction, but <laughs> he will yeah. pass, run, and catch a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, you never know. But yeah, I you know this could be a spot where the where Lamar is really able to break out and have one of his a big passing game that we saw from him last year that he really hasn't had this year. As good as the the Browns' rushing defense is, I mean, we, we saw the game against Tennessee. That was a nationally televised 1 o'clock game. There was no Ravens game during that time, so we were all watching it. Tennessee had no problem scoring points in the second half. Browns' defense couldn't really hold them then when the Titans were forced to just pass like crazy. This could be a huge blow-up spot for... Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. It's just going to depend, I guess, on really is the offensive line going to be able to hold off Miles Garrett and company long enough for Lamar to have time in the pocket to let those plays develop. Yeah, that's an astute point, Peter. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a 152.1 passer rating against Cleveland last time, and that's when we were having the conversation that this guy was just right back in his 2019 ways, like maybe he could repeat the season, and clearly that kind of consistency didn't keep up. I'm hoping for a big game from him as a passer this game, and I hope that he's able to return. He's only had four performances this year of over 100, which is kind of like a nebulous line to create, because if you go down to 97.5, then you also collect another two games. And if you go down to 92, you collect an extra game. You know, like it's, you know, 100 is just like a random line in the sand. It's not to say that he hasn't had some other good games. But yeah, that's what I'm hoping for out of Lamar. And I think with his weapons coming back, I think Sneed has the opportunity to be activated as well. He might have the full cast of characters, but no Dez probably. No Dez, but, but I, I assume the Ravens will still have Luke Wilson out there. Oh, well, game changer. Yeah. X Factor. <laughs> Watch Luke Wilson catch a touchdown after I won't make a bold prediction about it. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least that means the touchdown was scored. I don't care how they happen. I just want lots of touchdowns. That's, right. <laughs> That's the key to victory. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like the big thing for me about this game, you know, the last couple of weeks have been kind of rough. I mean, that three game skid was like, you know, that and then the whole COVID breakout. It was, you know, it, took a hit to our own confidence i think as fans and i think a lot of ravens fans everywhere kind of took that hit but now that we've kind of finally stopped the skid had a good game against the cowboys we know that you know the team's back is against the wall and that you know they're going to need to play really well to kind of have a chance at the playoffs like i don't know like i'm 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 kind of really loving it like i'm feeling kind of confident of just be like you know team's going to play as, as well as they can and if they you know if they fail okay then we know that we're probably out but like we've got nothing to lose right so you know as as much as the browns are a quality opponent here like i, I really feel like the the ravens kind of like found something against the game with the cowboys they kind of got their swag back they started enjoying playing the game a little bit more and getting fired up I'm feeding on that energy i'm feeling that confidence and i, I think that the guys can take that and and ride a win here it's it's definitely in the cards. Nothing would get them back on the map the rest of the season more, right? There's no other statement games this season. If they don't deliver against the Browns and in absolute fashion to say, hey guys, don't forget about us, 
then they don't have an opportunity to do that. They're going to have to like fall into the playoffs with a lot of help. And then they won't have that uh, same level of fear from other teams, probably. You know, this is a huge statement game here. It's it's everything. It's kind of like the season, in a way. Oh, one hundred percent. I think every. I think the Ravens are in the playoffs right now. I think after they lost to the Steelers, I I get that ten and six could get you in, but I don't know. I there's just too much. Um, AFC is the top heaviest. I think that I can think of it, that we've seen it probably since 2008. And that year you saw, granted, there's one additional spot this year, but you did still see an 11-5 and Patriots team not make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is a must-win game for the Ravens. And I think that I think the team kind of knows that too. We talked about in the previous episode on the play where Lamar would got his touchdown run. Uh, he was pushing the special teams off the field and, you know, saying, you know, the Ravens had to go for it there. Like he had to establish being in the lead early in that game uh, to kind of just, you know, set the course for the rest of the season. So it's, it's going to be, I think it should be an exciting game. I, I think that, and that's, I think what we want, because I will say the Ravens, it was a good game against the Cowboys. Good showing they did what they were supposed to do. It was boring. It was a very boring game, but you know, I think that this game can be more exciting. But if the Ravens want to make it, make it a blowout and make it boring, I'm I'm not going to be opposed to that. I'll never be anything boring <laughs> about a blowout, man. I'll be reveling in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Monday night. <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. Prime time, baby. Well, well I guess we do have to talk about. So yeah, it, it's Ravens are going to have three weeks: Wednesday night football, followed by Tuesday night football, followed by Monday night football. Wednesday afternoon. Eh, That's still prime time, baby. <laughs> sure. They're, they're, they're still playing in, in, in reverse. They're going to have a Wednesday game, a Tuesday game, a Monday game, and then a Sunday game. Like, and they're like, looking at Flex to Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah, for the, for the Week 17 game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man. Even without COVID, they were still going to have three primetime games in a row anyway. Looks like nothing's changed. COVID didn't happen, guys. It's okay. We can all go home. <laughs> Certain members of the population's ears just pricked up with that, but <laughs> you guys don't know I'm joking. Oh my god, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, I guess I guess either way, I, w- I was thinking of it of like people searching for for more sound bites to to say that it doesn't exist. But yeah, I guess you know people not reading that it's a joke and on the opposite yeah. saying yeah, like how can you, of course it's real. It is real, guys. It is real. It's unfortunately if, very uh, real. But. If our podcast starts getting we- weaponized with cut ups. <laughs> Like, we have reached an odd level of popularity. (laughs) Very odd. Very strange. Yeah. Well, let's keep this one a little shorter, guys. Let's talk, go right into our bold predictions and score predictions. I'm willing to kick this one off. I've got a bold prediction in my back pocket for this one. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson has a QB rating over 120, which will be his highest QB rating other than the near perfect one against the Browns earlier in the season. For my score prediction, Obviously, a high QBR suggests a big scoring day for the Ravens. I'm going to say we put up 38 points to their 14. There you go. I will say with this game, like, you know, we've made fun of Cleveland in the past, but we've always said that they have talented players, right? And it's less of the talent construction on the roster and more of just they didn't really have good coaching to put it together. It seems like over the past couple weeks, they may have that. But I also still think, 
Like, sometimes these teams, and we've seen the Ravens fall into this before, like, you have a big emotional victory, everything's clicking your way, you're overhyping the team. Like, I, I can think of, you know, a parallel 2016. Ravens had that excellent home victory against Miami, where everything was going their way. Joe Flacco had, like, four touchdowns, including a, a long one to Prashad Perryman. And then what happened the next week? Like, everyone was talking high about the Ravens, and then they put up a dud against New England on Monday Night Football. So I actually think that, you know, some people might look at the, the Ravens playing Cleveland after they just demolished the Titans. I actually think that might actually be an advantage rather than a disadvantage. Uh, you might be catching the team at a time where they're a little overconfident. And, you know, the Ravens, obviously, they've been knocked down. They know that they have to, to dot all their I's and cross all their T's and play as close to a perfect game as they can going forward. And that, I think, is going to be the difference between two teams that I think are more evenly matched than uh, they appeared in week one. And I'll give the Ravens a 24-17, to 17, with my bold prediction being the Ravens will hold Chubb and Hunt combined to less than 100 yards on the ground. Cool. Well, I'll wrap it up. Like I said before, guys, I- I'm riding this confidence. I, I think the-, the Ravens know that they're back there against the wall, and I think that, that they've gotten their little bit of their swag back. I think they're going to approach this game and uh, give their best effort forward. As I said before, too, with Mark Andrews coming back, I think he's going to feast. I'm going to say that he gets two touchdowns against the Browns, and I will say that the Ravens take this one. It'll be a little bit closer. I will say 34, like maybe 34-24 Ravens. It's always nice to hear all of us think the Ravens are going to win and in decent fashion. It's a good return. You had a, a little bit of darkness there. <laughs> Went into the wilderness. But I'm starting to see the other side. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were just going to go right into the end tag from end that. Tag. Like, don't you always go like, on that note, you can always follow us on. <laughs> I, I would love to have the mockery version of the end tag. How about that? <laughs> on that note, follow us on Twitter. Pipe, pipe, pipe. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you for listening and for getting this far into the podcast as well as this entire season for sticking through it. You know, it's been a tough season of ups and downs. You know, some sometimes the, Ra- the Ravens fan base, I know some members of you have turned on them. They, they're not going to be any good. They're, Greg Roman is terrible, and there's no chance of, of the Ravens doing well, and Lamar Jackson is overrated and all that stuff. Guess what? We'll still welcome you back when you come back. But let's have some faith in this team. Every team goes through hills and valleys. Let's get a win here against division rival Cleveland on Monday Night Football. Follow us on Twitter. That's that's fine. We don't have to talk about Twitter again. It's it's in every single show. Come on. Follow us on Twitter. ASMR. Ravens underscore Ravencat. We're a great follow. This show really got crazy. Guys, we might be a little drunk and sleep deprived. America needs to know. Joe Flacco is the lead. America needs to know not to put the tight end on the pass rusher. (laughs) I think it's all staying in the show. (laughs) All right. I'm cutting it off. Okay. And this nonsense. I'm telling you, you guys, you guys got to keep this show on track. I'm hovering between, you know, between, you know. Sanity and not with my, this sleep deprivation. <laughs> oh.